afternoon. This is Salesian Sports Broadcasting, and today we are here to do our week four of the NFL recap. I'm your host, Lucas, and today I'm followed by... Matthew. Nick. Nick. Sean. With that being said, we would start off our week four recap with the New York teams. The first New York team I want to talk about are the Jets and the Steelers. Um, this game was a battle of uh, two young quarterbacks. Kenny Pickett finally got his first start in week four. Uh, Zach Wilson came back from his preseason injury. I like both of their plays. Um, Kenny Pickett, two rushing touchdowns, really good. Uh, Zach Wilson started off hot, then second and third quarter, mediocre play, turnover, interceptions. Fourth quarter, when it, when it mattered the most, got the game-winning drive. Position point accuracy there. I like Zach Wilson's play, and I just want to say the Jets are now 2-0 and on away games. So if you're at home playing the Jets, your lead is not safe. Neither is that guaranteed win of yours. Zach Wilson showed sparks for this offense, and I think as he gets more used to it, especially sophomore year, um, he should be good. You know, Zach Wilson coming back from that injury, um, and you know these first three games with Joe Flacco, seen a lot of a lot of passing. Uh, you know, with the most attempts in the league with Joe Flacco, and not really, you know, those attempts, not a lot of completion. Well, you know, not a very high completion percentage, and. I don't really think Joe Flacco has that, doesn't have that dog in him like Zach Wilson to, you know, uh, finish a game. Uh, Zach Wilson, you know, one and out with Zach Wilson and uh, one and two with Joe Flacco so far. So that's something. Yeah, and I mean Flacco started zero and one. Yeah, um, I mean Zach Wilson had a pretty good game, throwing over two, two fifty yards. Um, didn't throw the ball so much as Joe Flacco. Um, I think with Zach Wilson coming back, I think the Jets are going to be a little bit more of a competitive team. Um, yeah. All right. That racks it up. Now, the other New York team we're going to talk about are the New York Jets, the 3-1 and one New, New York Jets. Giants. Giants. Oh, the New York Giants. Um, Let's go to show. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about the Giants now. And um, the Giants are now 3-1. and one. Uh, New Oops. era. Uh, three fluke wins, in my opinion. Um, again, they face another bad team. Uh, 29th ranked offense, literally almost dead worse behind the Panthers and God knows who. Um, so, yeah, the Bears put up 12 points and the Giants put up 20. Uh, rushing touchdown by Daniel Jones. Uh, Tyrod Taylor threw a touchdown. and No, two rushing touchdowns by uh, Daniel Jones, actually. And uh, Saquon had a great game. Um Giants defense was pretty good, and Justin Fields, another mediocre passing day. Did not like this for the Bears, obviously, and Fields just, I don't know, I can't see, like, he generates an offense, and this is a game where if you're going to, like, if, if if you're a mediocre team, you got to beat up on other mediocre teams to prove your dominance, and the Bears just didn't do it today, and the Giants advanced 3-1. Um, the Giants, uh, they're a bit in trouble with Daniel Jones hurt now, um... But you know Saquon's been having Saquon's been looking promising, and uh, hopefully he can rise up and not get hurt this season. You know, and Saquon, uh, even though his stats aren't really that good, considering the fact that he rushed uh, 20, 30 plus times this week, um, he really is putting the team on his back this season. I think this is his big return season, and you know to prove that his position is his. Yeah, no, and Saquon definitely sparks a fear. The Giants also had great protection that game. Uh, 
other week four game I want to talk about. Um, this is a battle of quarterbacks. Um, Bills and the Ravens. Action Jackson, Josh Allen. Of course, you all know the, the, the numbers Lamar Jackson is putting up. Some want to say it's money. Some want to say he's actually really that good. Josh Allen carrying the weight load of this uh, number one ranked team. And slow start for the Bills. Down 20 to 3, make it 20-10 at half. And then it's a close game. The Bills going into this game were 0-7 in close games. And this week, they somehow managed to close up the game. Uh, Game-winning drive, controversial call. It wasn't controversial in my opinion. I th- it, it, it was an obvious pass interference. He, um, he threw the ball and then got sacked afterward. That's obviously a pass interference. And uh, we marched down and get the field goal with the late seconds to chew up the game. I like this. This is the fight in the Buffalo Bills, knowing that, knowing that they're never out of a game with that offense, especially their defense. Key turnovers here. The Bills, I mean, the Ravens had zero second-half points, and Jordan Poyer had two interceptions, both in the second half. Second interception came off of a fourth and goal that really gave the Bills the opportunity to march down in the fourth quarter. I think with the Bills being down 2010 by halftime, um, you didn't never expected the Bills to come back and win that game, but the Bills are never out of the fight. They're always going to try to come back, and that means something for the Bills. They're top offensive team, and their defense carried in the second half, giving them, giving the Ravens no points, um, which means the Bills are a true competitive team. Uh, the Bills, given that the Bills were down 17 in the fourth and uh, scored 20 points, 20 straight points to win on the last on the last second field goal, um, is really really good. Um, obviously, uh, the Bills defense made some big stops at the end that are looking very promising, and uh, the Bills could definitely have a really really good season. You know, the Ravens are a very electric offense, uh, and the fact that they were able to come back from that is a feat in and of itself. The Bills are what I would consider the best team in the league. Uh, I really don't have a doubt in my mind about that. Josh Allen is almost, I would say, the greatest that he's ever been. Uh, Josh Allen is statistically just getting better and better every every year, and you know the Bills are a scary team to go up against. I think the best team in the league is Eagles. I really don't agree with you there. I don't know. Jalen Hurts, he's putting on. He's probably the MVP frontrunner right now. Maybe with Josh Allen. Maybe. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking Josh Allen. Josh Allen for sure. Josh Allen. Josh more TDs. He rushes it more efficiently. Throws it better. Yeah, that's true. Um, this next quarterback showdown I want to talk about: Chiefs and Buccaneers. Um, main main focus here: the Chiefs are once again the top dogs in the AFC. They are now that team to beat in the AFC. Advanced to three and one. Big bounce back week against the Colts. Of course, as I knew, it was a fluke. One bad game. Uh, Mahomes, two fifty yards, three TDs, and a uh, pick. I think the main takeaway here had to be rushing on both sides of the ball. The Chiefs finally rushed the ball. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 92 yards, TD. Then Isaiah Pacheco with 63 yards. Uh, the Chiefs had 189 rushing yards that entire game. Max that up with two, uh, 230 passing yards. So the Chiefs look like maybe they're, they're establishing this new part of their offense with the rushing game. And the Chiefs' defense stepped up and forced Tom Brady to be one-dimensional. They had uh, The Bucks had three rushing yards in total. And it really forced Tom Brady to throw the ball 52 times. 
Uh, when you're a defense and you can guess pass almost every time, you're going to get stops. Now, Brady did not throw a pick, but they were able to stop them and neutralize their offense when you force a quarterback to be one-dimensional. And I really like that here for the Kansas City Chiefs. They improved their rushing and forced Tom Brady to be one-dimensional in this uh, rematch the last time since Super Bowl. You know, and I said last week that Tom Brady wasn't looking the same, and I think this was a return to form for him. Um, Tom Brady had a really good game, and I think the Bucks, even though they lost, they had a really good game, and it's impressive because they were down by so much, and they still managed to make it a two-score game. Um, you know, the Chiefs, I made a comment last, uh, last week about how the wide receiver core has really been hurting since Tyreek Hill has gone. Uh, but the Chiefs are still a scary team, and I think they still are contenders. Juju Smith is still, he is, good. he is a good wide receiver. Um, and they have so much talent that they just need to, you know, they need to find out who's going to be their guy. You know what I mean? Uh, they need to find somebody like Tyree Kill, even though, you know, uh, somebody like Tyree Kill doesn't, yeah, it's not really a common thing. But, yeah. um, you know, Travis Kelsey has definitely taken over Tyreek's role as the, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes' first target. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah. Definitely still a scary team. Yeah, he had nine receptions. That's really Mahomes' security blanket. And he spread the ball around. Four to, uh, five to Schuster, four to Hardman. So, I mean, he's spreading it around, but really he has to find that guy to set him up. Third down, give Kelsey. I think the Buccaneers, um, I think they did have a good game, uh, as previous said. Um, I think um, with uh, Mike Evans coming back, for uh, after his suspension, I think Mike Evans did have a good game. Um, I think when he is playing with Tom Brady, I think the Buccaneers are gonna have a good game every game. Um, they might not win every game, but uh, those two are still gonna have that good of a game. Um, and as for the Chiefs, um, they're a top team. Their offense is pretty good. Their defense is pretty good. Um, yeah, no, I think after the lost to the Colts, um, they stepped back and won a game against a good Buccaneers team. This next game is our first London game of the 2022-2023 NFL season. This, of course, was the New Orleans Saints, Minnesota Vikings. Last week we spoke about how Justin Jefferson did not have a good game and the Vikings still pulled through and got a win. This week, it was more of the story of what the Vikings should have, I mean, should do every game to win. Justin Jefferson proving out. 10 receptions, 147 yards. No TD, unfortunately, but then Adam Thielen finally became and stepped up into that number two role where he's supposed to be. Eight receptions, 72 yards. Kirk did not have a bad game, 273 yards, a TD and, an, and a pick. But really... You know, down to the late seconds, it came to kicks, and we are in London, you know, soccer there, came down to kicks, clutch field goal, um, but really, no, we see the Vikings uh, do a wide receiver core, show off this game, especially in a big game. The Saints with Andy Dalton, because Jameis Winston was hurt, nothing much, and um, came down to the last kick, where Will Lutz could have tied it, the double doink, so Chicago Bears fans, you are in luck. There's now a new, uh, a new double thing to joke about. But in all seriousness, it was a good game for the Vikings. Good offensive day. And they pulled through again. 3-1. and one. They are legit this year. They really are. 
Yeah, the Vikings are legit, and, uh, you know, I really don't have to say much about this game, but the one thing I really want to talk about is, you know, uh, slant man Michael Thomas uh, going down with the in, uh, with an injury. Uh, you know, he was he was having a good season. Um, you know, statistically, he was doing pretty good, and, uh, you know, it was a little bit of a return to form to him, um, but now he returned to his true form, which is uh, sitting on the bench. Um, I mean, the only person that I want to say is uh, how Justin Jefferson had a good game. Um, his past two games, he's not producing offensively. Um, and I still think he is a top wide receiver. Um, and I think with Kirk Cousins having a good game, um, I think that the Vikings are going to be good this year with Justin Jefferson if he performs like he did the first game and then the last game now. So. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to say Justin Jefferson, a great rebound game after being locked up by Darius Slay and just being not really productive. I think he had, like, two touchdowns, 147 yards. And to show off like that, it's a great rebound from, like, I think 20. I, I don't know how many yards he's had in the last two weeks, but it's yeah, it not like a lot. Yeah. Combined. You when you're considered a top two receiver, you sixty yards is like underperforming badly. Yeah, I mean they had to face one top dog team, but really still should have gotten open. Uh, this next game we're gonna talk about is our Thursday night football game, and what will I say? I know ball. My prediction was correct. Dolphins, they're not that team. They lost to the AFC representatives of last year. The Cincinnati Bengals, Joseph Burrow, as I said, will use week three against the Jets to push that offense, generate some rhythm, and they did it again. Put up 27 points in a dominating victory. Nothing much to say here. Um, High-class team uh, dominating a lower-class team. It's, it's really just that type of thing. You know, and uh, I have to disagree with you. Because uh, your prediction would have been wrong if Tua didn't get hurt. They were winning with Tua. Um, he shouldn't have been cleared for the game. He really shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. You know, watching the Tua. The Bengals were winning when Tua was playing. Tua could have came back. Oh. Having Teddy Bridgewater as your quarterback isn't very good. Um, He's still one of the better backups in the league, though. Backup. Uh, point is, <laughs> point is, Tua really shouldn't have been playing in that game anyways. Um, yeah, watching him last week... Uh, take that big hit and then get up, try to walk it off and then stumble to the ground. Uh, you know, it really comes to question on how was he able to play in that game because he obviously had some sort of brain damage. Um, um, I think the Dolphins got three wins that were just not against. They were fluke wins. Um, and I think without Tua, um, I don't think he's going to be playing for a couple of weeks. Um, they already announced on Sunday versus the Jets that uh, Bridgewater starting. Mm. And I think wonderful. without Tua, I mean, that Dolphins offense is not very good. Yeah. I mean, Tyreek Hill is is good, but... Um, They're going to miss Tua. You know, it's, their, it's their quarterback right there. It's their, um, the guy they practice all summer with. Obviously not Bridgewater, it's been Tua, so... Offense is going to have to change. But you have those, um, those rat guys... Waddle and Hill, they're going to get you a lot of yards. Uh, obviously, no Tua for this week. This next week is going to really hurt them. Obviously, you know, he, he was getting the ball around and uh, really uh, really helping this team. Um, 
again, I don't know how he was able to play uh, Thursday night with that with definitely a concussion. Um, but we'll have to see how uh, how Bridgewater does to uh, maybe maybe uh, maybe he'll help. Maybe he won't. But I don't I don't really see him being better than really anyone. This next game we're going to talk about our America's team. Dallas Cowboys versus the Washington Commanders. Played in Dallas. Nothing much to say. Uh, Cooper Rush did it again, man. The backup quarterback prodigy came up. Came up big. Another win. What I like to see with the Dallas Cowboys, um, as they lost Dak Prescott, is that they're playing like a team. Their offense is doing their part, but so is their defense. We have to say how huge their defense has been. Against that Bengals game, yes, Cooper Rush did have a fourth-quarter drive, but their defense really locked up Joe Burrow all game. The Giants, well, easy team to lock up. Locked them up, got it. And here the Commanders, where their offense may not be the best, but they have three really good receivers, in my opinion. Jahan Dotson, the rookie, really showed out to be top class. Curtis Samuel, we all know what the role he is, and Scary Terry. Uh, he's really good with a good safety blanket with Logan Thomas. This offense is not bad. The Cowboys defense is legit. Micah Parsons is legit. Trayvon Diggs, really good. And uh, Wentz throwing two picks, of course. Um, typical Wentz. And Trayvon Diggs with, an, uh, with a pick. So it really shows you that this Cowboys defense, again, is really legit. And with Cooper Rush being able to give you just enough on your offense to score touchdowns is uh, really good. Um, yeah, I mean, the Cowboys have had a good season so far to start it off. Um, last week was a good win, but against the not a great team. Um, offensively, it's an okay team, not the worst. Um, but what I think is, I think their defense is carrying their wins. Um, and Cooper Rush, uh, the backup quarterback at Dak Prescott, you never really expected him to give the Cowboys three wins in a row. Um, but the Cowboys are facing two really good teams the next couple weeks. Um, I think their defense has to step up. Um, Cooper Rush has been doing good. Um, I think if he just keeps doing what he's doing, um, and the defense and the offense cooperates with each other, I think they can, um, take the wins against those good teams. Yeah, no, and as Cooper Rush plays, we see CeeDee Lamb's production has improved, been the leading receiver in all three games that Cooper Rush has played this week. But one thing I really want to see moving forward, especially facing the Rams next week, you got to establish your rushing game. Whether it's with Zeke, whether it's with Pollard, you got to rush for more than uh, 80 yards. Um, eventually, teams are going to force you to be one-dimensional, and you're going to start losing games. Um, this next game, it's always a shootout whenever you play the Detroit Lions. Let's be real, their defense is kind of a joke. But their offense isn't, and uh, once again, really shows that the defense in this game was very key for the Lions uh, to lose the game. Uh, came ended up 48-45. Seemed like the Lions were just chasing points all day long. Uh, being down 24-15 at half. And then in the third quarter, the Seahawks putting up another 14 points. It's just detrimental, and it's brutal. Uh, Geno Smith, big takeaway here. He leads the league in a completion percentage. 320 yards, two TDs, no picks. Uh, finally, um, finally utilizing DK Metcalf. He had seven receptions, 150 yards. So now we're seeing him learn his offense and grow uh, into his role with his offense. And I really like that for the Seahawks and for Geno Smith moving forward. 
who knows, maybe this team could spark up something because every team in his division, the NFC West, are 2-2. Two and two. So nothing is said and done for this um, for this division, nor this team yet. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Lions, I think their defense is probably one of the worst, um, but their offense is pretty superb. I mean, it's, yeah. it's good. Um, and I think the Lions moving forward, I think they need to take this win as a win for them. Even though they didn't get the win, I think moving forward, I think if the, line op- if the Lions offense keeps going where it was against the Seahawks, um, who knows, maybe they could have a winning record this year. Um, and Jared Goff, um, I think he's a good quarterback. People say he's bad, he's terrible, and I don't think so. Um, he threw for over 350 yards. Um, four touchdowns. That's pretty impressive. Um, and who knows? Maybe this Lions team is going to be good um, moving forward. So I'm looking at two standouts here. Uh, one from each team. Rashad Penny on the Seahawks had an incredible rushing game. 17 carries, 151 rushing yards, and two TDs. That's an average of uh, 8.9 yards a rush. Which is incredible. Um, and I think the Seahawks have a lot of depth uh, in their rushing game. And I think Rashad Penny is a really good running back. And I think this is going to be an incredible year for him. And then on the Lions, you have TJ Hawkinson, their tight end, with eight receptions, 179 yards, and two TDs. Another incredible game uh, for, for him. Uh, yeah, that is... Especially because he's a tight end, those are some wide receiver numbers right there. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I like how Hawkinson, he stepped up in his role. Amonra St. Brown was obviously hurt, so Goff now needed that other guy to talk, um, to to throw it to. Now Hawkinson's gone. <clears throat> this next game was a prime time game. Battle of two offenses, two young quarterbacks, Eagles, uh, Eagles and Jaguars. Of course, the number one team coming into the league, the only undefeated team in the league, and as it stands, spoiler alert, um, Philadelphia Eagles came up and they persevered and they win that game. Um, I want to say, Jalen Hurts once again played outstanding. Um, Trevor Lawrence showing his rookie year. Uh, throwing a pick, but then also a fumble that really was crucial to them. And then the Eagles had the lead in the second half, which they've led in every game in the second half this year, and they never looked back. And again, the Jaguars sort of chasing those points. Um, Eagles holding on to their league. Trevor Lawrence, again, someone I'm really high on, did not have the greatest game. You know, that pick threw two TDs, but less than 180 yards. His receiving crew, again, not not much offense generated, didn't have much rushing yards. They had 71 total as in, in the game. The third down efficiency, two for seven. Again, not, not being able to move those chains. Eagles defense is legit as well with their offense. Now the last remaining 4-0 team, uh, you know, you really got to think uh, how much longer this undefeated streak is going to last for. I'm not sure who they're going up with. Who are they going against next week? Um, hold on. The, Steelers. the Cardinals. Oh, the Cardinals. Cardinals. Now that's going to be a game. Uh, you know, the battle of two electric offenses there. But uh, 
Yeah, who would have thought the Eagles were going to be uh, the last remaining undefeated team in the league yeah. uh, so far? Mm-hmm. And Jalen Hurts play, their defense. Um, the Eagles are, are legit, I think. Um, the Eagles are not going to slow down. Um, Miles Sanders threw 130 yards, two TDs. Um, and I think he's going to be a good off- offensively spark to this team. Um, A.J. Brown threw over 100 yards. Um, he, them two, I think, uh, are just going to do pretty good stuff for the offense and make the Eagles become legit. Mm-hmm. I think, right. the, I think the Eagles, their schedule coming up is looks definitely favors them with the Cardinals who have been underperforming. I think the game after the Cardinals is probably when the streak comes to an end when they're facing the Cowboys. Because, I don't know. It's just Dak, comes, Dak will probably be back by then, and I think he could definitely lead them lead the Cowboys to beating the Eagles. And then afterwards, they have the Steelers, Texans, Commanders. Not really a hard schedule. This next game, um, at least surprising game on my behalf, the Patriots versus the Packers in Lambeau Field. Now, we all know the struggles with Aaron Rodgers and his rookie receivers. Again, starting off in the first half very, very slowly, he's actually trailing at halftime, 10-7, to this undermanned, injured starting quarterback Patriots team. And you sort of see the Patriots maybe having a chance to win this game, even with Bailey Zapp starting. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, though, persevered. And again, with that rushing attack, uh, the Packers coach understands, so does Aaron Rodgers, that with these rookie receivers, you, uh, you need to rely on something else. Uh, 200 rushing yards... Uh, 245 passing yards. Real great game. Uh, main takeaways here. Alan Lazard uh, go, uh, going into that role. Aaron Jones, 110 yards rushing. Really pushing through against this Patriots defense. And um, surprisingly, this team went to overtime. And led by a field goal, Packers win it. Great game to watch overall. But I'm really scared for this uh, Packers offense. Yeah, just another uh, disappointing performance by the Patriots. Um, you know, but really becoming the new norm around uh, New England. Uh, you know, not a very good offense. <laughs> really, not, really not good performance from the Patriots. And, uh, you know, that was their game to win. And uh, they lost it. Yeah, um, at, least, at least Damon Harris, Patriots have to look forward to. But their receiving core... Their receiving core is um, iffy. I mean, they picked up Devontae Parker. They picked up Aguilar. Inconsistent play. Not so good for them. And once again, we're just seeing seeing offense struggles for them. This next game, I want to talk about the Raiders and the Broncos, ladies and gentlemen. Now, the Raiders coming into this game 0-3. The only winless team in the NFL when you have teams like... The Texans that exist, and the Jets that exist. They're not the only. They weren't the only winless team coming into the game. Yeah, they were. Okay. The Texans are still winless. No, they won a game. I think they were the worst team because the Texans had a draw. 
a tie, whatever you want to call it. Tie. Yeah. yeah. So I think the Raiders, the Raiders and Texans were both winless, but the Raiders were technically worse. Yeah, because they didn't have a tie. Uh, however, the Raiders persevered this game against a very struggling Broncos offense. They win the game 33, I mean 32-23. So again, it was the rushing attack here. Uh, they finally developed a rushing attack. Josh Jacobs, 145 yards, two TDs. Devontae Adams, 101 yards. A really great game. Derek Carr, no interceptions. So you eliminate the turnovers. You see a fluid offense, fluid motions. Um, this offense finally looks like it's having sparks. And for the Broncos, their offense did step it up. Still, no spreading around the ball. It was it, it was mainly just Sutton and Judy. They lost uh, Javante Williams, torn ACL and LCL. Very tragic what happened. It's going to be detrimental for their offense, and that just means that Russell Wilson has to step up even more, especially joining this new team. You come in here to be the savior and the messiah of this team, and he's not playing like it, but the Broncos are not harmed too much by it. Yeah, I mean, I thought the Raiders were going to be pretty good this year, um, but I think they're ending up to be one of the worst teams as of right now. Um, as for Russell Wilson, I think he's still getting used to his new team. And I think with him as with Russell Wilson, I think the Broncos could be have a winning record and I think Russell Wilson is really going to help out that Denver Bronco offense. Yeah, nothing really special from uh Russell Wilson and you know, Russell Wilson going into this season had a lot of expectations. You know, the Broncos traded multiple first-round picks, Noah Fant, and somebody else on defense, I can't remember. But they're paying a lot uh, to Russell Wilson. And, I mean, really what difference has it been from before with Drew Locke? Um, they're still losing a lot. Yeah, and that offense is going to take a step down in production now that Javante Williams is gone. You have Melvin Gordon as your RB1. He's fumbled five times in his last 40-something carries. I don't Jesus Christ. That, yeah, the rushing attack is gone. and Some receivers that I've always questioned uh, going into the season. I've, I was never a fan of Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy. Other football fans have, you know... Other opinions, oh, Drew Locke is the reason why they're not having the best numbers. Now you have a Hall of Fame quarterback, arguably, and your numbers still aren't the same. Part of it could be on the quarterback, but part of it is also the separation you create as a receiver. So now it's really time to see, really, if the Broncos are that team or not. Uh, next game, Monday Night Football, prime time, 49ers and Rams. I will say, very disappointed with the Rams' play this um this game, uh, huge believer in the Rams, of course, Super Bowl team, but I do believe in them. Matthew Stafford, again, another game where he just, it's just a bunch of mediocre play. Uh, same thing, no TDs, and of course, a very infamous interception by Matthew Stafford. You see it a lot. But what you also see throughout the game is not spreading the ball on offense. And in week one, where they lost, uh, Stafford was, uh, St- Stafford's two main targets were Cup and Higby. This um, this week, his two main targets on offense were Cup and Higby. Um, again, Niners forced them be one-dimensional, only 57 rushing yards, and 
Cup with a new career high in receptions, 14, uh, 14 receptions, 122 yards. This offense really, they need to establish a wide receiver number two, and they need to establish other guys for Matthew Stafford to throw it to. He, uh, I watched the game yesterday, and every time they dropped down to pass the ball, which is virtually every offensive play because they didn't have a rushing attack, threw the ball 48, yard, I mean 48 times that game. He was looking for two players, Copper Higby, doesn't, still cannot trust Allen Robinson. Ben Skronik came up clutch for one huge uh, third down conversion. But realistically, whenever we see Matthew Stafford tunnel vision into two guys, this offense is stagnant, hasn't even scored a touchdown that game. And the Rams, I mean, and the Niners are now 8-0 and against the Rams in the regular season. So once again, uh, just um, Rams have to establish some other offense and... Debo Samuel was really the big carry for the Niners in this game. You know, we're talking about the reigning Super Bowl champions here, and they have not been playing like it. Uh, you know, Cooper Cup is still carrying that team uh, because Cooper Cup is the best wide best receiver we're seeing right yep. now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Stafford's really got to get out of that, you know, that habit of throwing to. Uh, Two or three receivers only, because uh, yeah. they have a lot of depth, uh, especially with somebody like Allen Robinson, who was the star receiver in Chicago before he came to the Rams. Yeah, and he's. I think this Cooper Cup stat line was like 122 yards last night. That's more yards than Robinson has on the whole season in one night. S- Stafford is just only targeting Cup, and it's bringing this offense down. And Stafford himself. He's playing with, I think, something in his elbow that's, like, something torn in his elbow. And it's kind of similar to, I guess, the Baker situation last year where he was playing with that torn shoulder, weighing this offense down on the targeting cup and then the injury as well. 100%. And, I mean, the rushing game, they got back Cam Akers, but he only had eight carries, 13 yards, no production there. And really seriously, I think Stafford not being able to trust Allen Robinson and losing OBJ is really hurting their offense. Especially their, um, because, you know, Stafford, again, targeting two people, the two guys that were on the squad last year, Higby and Cup. You lose OBJ, you add uh, Allen Robinson, draft this Gronek rookie, and um, you don't throw it to them. So it's really just a matter of adjusting for Matthew Stafford and the Rams, obviously. Their defense was atrocious in that game, don't get me wrong. They're tackling. I mean, Debo Samuel is Debo Samuel. Stop him is going to take a lot, but he had one play, 54-yard TD. It, he just broke off like eight tackles in a row. Who, like, God, no, that was, that, 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 that was horrible. Their defense has been atrocious. I will give you that. 28 points against the Atlanta Falcons, too. Unacceptable. Uh... Yeah, the Rams have just been looking really bad ever since, you know, after their Super Bowl win, which should have given them a lot more momentum. Um, uh, uh, Matt Stafford hasn't been looking, you know, the same. He looks like he's getting old. Uh, and um, Cooper Cup is definitely, definitely way below his, uh, his status for the performance he put on in the Super Bowl last year. Um, my guess is uh, that, you know, Maybe maybe they maybe they're going into a slump. Maybe maybe they need just need to get out of it uh, again uh, with the uh, the injury. Maybe Matthew Stafford is is uh, fighting through this uh, mysterious injury he has or something. Uh, 
but uh, we'll have to see what uh, what the Rams do. Mm-hmm. And I would like to point out, as I said out earlier, nothing is said and done for both of these teams. Nothing is said and done for the Rams. Nothing is said and done for the Niners. Every team in that division is 2-2, two and two, and the same trend of every team beating up on each other. But I will want to put out an interesting stat, how the Rams scored 70 points in four weeks, but their defense has allowed 94. So their defense really is a huge part of it, but neither has their offense really shown up. The Rams aren't in a bad situation because everyone in their division is tied 2-2. Two and two. With that, the recap has now finished. We will be doing our Thursday night prediction. This Thursday night game, the Colts and the Broncos. Um, two really awful, awful, teams. Teams. <laughs> very boring teams to put out on Amazon Prime. Yeah, not what I'm gonna watch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, not much to say here. The battle of washed old quarterbacks, Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson. I mean, mid-teams. so much excitement Mid-teams. for that. Um, anyone want to say their pick first? I'm um, still dwelling on mine. I think the Broncos are going to end up taking the win. Um, I think Russell Wilson is going to have uh, a good as of a game as he did last week. Maybe even a better one against the awful Colts. Uh, I'll just be different and say the Colts. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna say the Broncos again. I think you know Russell Wilson is better than Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is old. Russell Wilson is old, but it's whatever. I mean, you know, I just think Russell Wilson's a better quarterback. You know, I'm gonna go with the Colts. I think Jonathan Taylor could run through that Broncos D line with now that they're missing Randy Gregory with a knee injury. I definitely think that there's a chance. Uh, I have the Colts this game. Not only because it's a primetime game and you have Matt Ryan. And also, Jonathan Taylor is due for one. We've seen it this week with Austin Eckler. Three bad uh, rushing performances. And then he comes out and gives you two rushing touchdowns. And we see a trend. Josh Jacobs had two rushing touchdowns. And he had three really bad rushing weeks. Against the Broncos, he had two rushing touchdowns. I think this is Jonathan Taylor's bounce back game. I think Matt Ryan will do just enough to win the game. And struggles will be the same for the Denver Broncos. I have the Colts this week. Done. Well, that recaps week four of the NFL. We'll be back here next Tuesday for week five.